Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be going today for our scripture text in the book of Genesis, chapter 22. And we're going to read the first six verses of the 22nd chapter of Genesis for our text today. This is a set of scriptures that everybody knows well. A story that everybody knows well. We're going to um, take this and, by the grace of God, attempt to bring you something that I feel like God has put in my spirit and quickened in my heart on today. Genesis chapter 22, beginning reading at the first verse. Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place. Look at your neighbor and say the place. Of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place. Say the place again. Afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the far in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this service, God. You've already met with us here today. We felt your presence in a great way. And now I'm asking God for you to uh, lay your favor upon me as I attempt to minister today because I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need your spirit, Father. Anoint me, God, your messenger. I'm not asking you to anoint your word because your word is already anointed. And I'm asking God that you will speak to the hearts of the people, the church that is gathered here today, that we might get what you would have us to receive. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. On Sunday mornings early, you would think maybe I would, um, after all these years, it not maybe bother me, but really it's good that it does. But I I begin to get fidgety and I get nervous. Uh, Being concerned over what is what it is exactly God would have me to stay as I stand say as I stand before you. Although I have spent days and and uh, and the week prior and, and and looking and studying and praying. It seems like when I get up real early on Sunday morning, I just get really nervous because I understand something that I hope and pray as long as I live and, and, and I pastor and I, and I minister that I never do forget. It's that 
it's important to me that I bring to you what I feel like God once said on this particular day. There's a difference. There's a difference in just a, 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 a preacher preaching a sermon than God giving a word. There are millions of sermons being delivered across this land and other countries today. So, sermons are a dime a dozen. What the church needs is a word. And I press after that and I strive after that. You will, I don't think that you'll ever know and understand how this really moves in my heart and my being. I've got enough notes from the years gone by that I could pull this out of the head or that out of the head or whatever, but I know that's not relevant to what God wants done. I might use a scripture that I've, I've read before. But from that scripture that I've read maybe before, or maybe others have read before, from that, that scripture there has to be a fresh word. Something that's relevant for that time. I've been feeling for a good while that our church is on a prefacing. We're 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 on we're on the edge of something. There's a rumbling going on under the surface. Things that's happening in the spirit realm. Battling warfare is being fought in the heavenlies. And I'm so glad to know that I got a few praying people around here. I'm so glad to know I got a few fasting people around here. I'm glad to know that I got some people around here. It's got this pastor's back. And that you want what God wants for this church and this assembly. I want to take this scripture that's been read many, many, many times. I want to speak to you a message and a word that God stirred deep in my heart. I want to notice there where, in verse 3, where it said, and to speaking about Abraham, he went to the place where God told him. And then again in verse 4, it said, he saw the place afar off. I want to talk to you about coming to the place of complete surrender. But I got a subtitle for that. I got a title and a subtitle. Don't get scared. That don't mean it's going to be twice as long. But I want to talk about coming to the place of complete surrender, transitioning from the ordinary to the extraordinary.
Now, I don't know if my feet's going to stand on, my, on, on ground to be able to preach this because already I'm beginning to feel a rumble in my spirit. When I just gave you this message title that God put up in my heart. Coming to the place of complete surrender. Transitioning from the ordinary to the extraordinary. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like I've been ordinary long enough. I feel like my life has been ordinary long enough. I feel like my ministry has been ordinary long enough. I feel like I've been sitting back with expectation long enough. And that the time is now approaching for God's people to make a transition from just being ordinary people of God to extraordinary people of God. There's a lot of people sitting right here. I can look at you right now. I've got some younger ministers. And I hear you talk in messages that you preach about wanting to see more and about wanting to view the miraculous and see miracles transpire in our presence like what our elder elder saints used to see and going beyond that. And I know and understand that there's a lot of you have that desire birthed inside you. That you honestly want to see a more powerful move of God. I believe that there are people here who wants to be able to see us as a church congregation to when if somebody falls out in the church with a heart attack, we don't have to call 911, but we call Heaven's Line. And God do the work. Let me ask you a question. You personally, every individual in this church, because we're different individuals and we all got different feelings and points of view, and we all got different desires. Let me ask you, what is it that you want to see God do in your life and in the life of this church? Think about it for a moment. Ponder on it just for a few minutes. Hey, I'm going to take my time this morning. I'm going to preach because God has got, got anointing for me right here right now. Even if we have, if this thing goes long enough, we'll just, you know, I mean, if we have to call off the night service or preach into the night service, we're going to, we're going to obey God. What is it? that you want to see God do for your family? What is it that you want to see God do in your life and in the church? Is it in the realm of the miraculous? 
You want to see literal blinded eyes open? I'm going to tell you something. It's going to take more than an ordinary Christian to be able to see blinded eyes open. You want to see somebody fall out dead and God resurrect them? Your ordinary way of doing things is not going to ever get it done. It's going to take a transition from the ordinary to the extraordinary. God don't do no work in ordinary terms. Jesus didn't do no mighty miracles in Nazareth because they're unbelief. Nazareth was filled with synagogues. They went to church every Sabbath. But they were ordinary people going to ordinary services, having an ordinary church. And Jesus couldn't do no miracles because they were too ordinary. I want to say something today that will shake you out of your ordinary way of doing something to give you a desire. I want to burn something in you to say, I want to do extraordinary for God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm tired of ordinary people holding me back. Come on. I'm, tired of, I'm tired of ordinary situations. I want to branch up into the extraordinary for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But to be able to go from the ordinary to the extraordinary you got to first go to the place of complete surrender. A lot of you today, you've surrendered a lot of things to God, but not completely. Hallelujah. I'm talking about coming to the place of complete surrender. Ordinary Christians surrender. Extraordinary Christians, extraordinary Christians, comes to the place of complete Surrender. By the time the narrative takes place in the text of which I just got through reading, Abraham, Abraham's life for the most part had been lived. Here in the 22nd chapter, when God told him to go and offer Isaac, do you realize that Abraham was a very old man at this time? By the time this transpired and took place, his life was about gone. It was about over. I mean, he was getting, he was on the home stretch. He had, he had, he had made the final turn. He was into the home stretch. It had been many years since God had called him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and to the land which God intended to give his descendants. Abraham's life had changed in many ways. Hallelujah. Since he began to follow the voice of God. His name was even changed to better suit the purpose and plan of God in his life. I mean, I want you to understand what was really happening here. Because too many times we take too much stuff for granted when we pull something out of the Bible. Abraham, he wasn't no newbie. He wasn't he, uh, he. He didn't just start out. Hallelujah. He wasn't a novice. Hallelujah. He had been following God for a long time. He'd already seen a lot of changes in his life. His name was been changed. Like I said, his wife's name had been changed. 
I mean, he had followed God a long way by the time this scripture here took place. By our standards, today it could be said that Abraham had made the mark. I mean, you could have taken the 22nd chapter of Genesis out of the book and go back and read Abraham's life up throughout the 21st chapter. And by our standards today, by our standards, our standards, it could have been said that Abraham had made the mark. He was well in the ranks of normal Christianity. Hallelujah. He had already surpassed the expectations of the average churchgoer and would be classified by our standards as a champion of the faith. If we didn't have the 22nd chapter of Genesis and you went to Sunday school on Sunday morning and you was taught about Abraham, you would still consider him before what happened in 22. You would still consider him a champion of God. Hallelujah. He had already surpassed those expectations. But God said, look at your neighbor and say, God said... Not what I said, not what you said, but God said, not good enough, Abraham. Now look back over things that's happened in Abraham's life. Spoke to him to leave his family, his, his friends, and Ur of the Chaldeans. Go to somewhere that he didn't know where he was going, the Bible said. But he did it. He did it. All the things that God led him, he did. But God right here lifted Abraham and said, Abraham, not good enough. What do you mean? Father, what do you mean? What do you mean not good enough? God looked at him. Hallelujah. And God says, I don't want an ordinary anything. Hallelujah. God looked at Abraham and says, I don't want an ordinary anything. I hope that you're following what I'm saying. Amen. Today, hallelujah. God says, I want a man who is extraordinary. I want a man who is extraordinary. Someone who is set apart from all else so I can show my glory through him. Up to this time, Abraham, you've been an ordinary follower of me. You have been an ordinary follower of me. But what I've got planned for you, being ordinary, is not good enough. What I've got planned for you requires an extraordinary, extraordinary move on your part. Oh, I hope you're hearing what God's saying to the church. Hallelujah. This whole world, this whole world is filled with ordinary Christians. Nashville, Tennessee is filled to capacity with ordinary Christians. This whole world is filled with ordinary Christians. Men and women who have met 
the average standard of what we are comfortable with in living for God. Hallelujah. But if we are to step into the full measure of what God desires for His people, we must be like Abraham and come to the place of complete surrender of our will so we can transition from ordinary to extraordinary children of God in this carnal sinful world. Somebody give Jesus a praise. Look at all the heroes of faith. Why are the heroes of faith? Not because they was ordinary, nothing. Moses was nothing ordinary. He was extraordinary. Hallelujah. Why did God bless Abraham, you say? Or why did He use Moses? Because Moses and Abraham and the Apostle Paul, they stepped aside from being what was ordinary in their times and they went into the extraordinary. Hallelujah. You're still sitting where you're at because you've been unwilling to transition from being ordinary to extraordinary. Hallelujah. God looked at Abraham. He said, you still, you've been following me all. You're an old man. You've got one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel. But you still ain't come to the place of complete surrender, Abraham. Everything that you did... Everywhere you followed me has still just been in the realm of ordinary. Just ordinary. Hallelujah. Churches all over this city today are sitting around having an ordinary church. And they'll say the benediction, go home, and they'll be satisfied with an ordinary service. Is that all you want? Are you, are, is that all you, you want? It's just something ordinary? You want just something that everybody else on the block has got? Or do you want to be able to reach out and achieve a little bit more and get a hold a little bit more? Hallelujah. To be able to do that, we've got to transition ourselves from ordinary prayers to extraordinary prayers. We've got to transition ourselves from ordinary worshipers What's an ordinary worshiper? Well, we, we barely will get one little hand. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My, my Lord. The only time I ever, every time, and the only time I ever see a flag half mass is when I know somebody's died. And we come to the house of God, we, will, we got the flags on half mass. But an extraordinary worshiper, well, hallelujah, glory to God, you brought me through this week. You can't be, you put food on my table, you put gas in my tank. Glory to God, hallelujah, well, hallelujah, I'm going to extraordinary worship my God today. I ain't going to Brother Daryl tells me to worship I'm going to worship where he tells me to or not. You ever notice how we, everything we do, we got to be told to do it? Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Maybe we need to preach some sermons that Simon says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, some of us, some of us have been in church all our life. We act like we, ain't, we don't know what we're supposed to do when we get here. We've got to be told when to stand up. We've got to be told when to sit down. Hallelujah. I like to get back in the back on youth night and just watch. Most time I'm up here, I like, I like to see them from that side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything we do, we've got to be told to do it. We've been in church for some of us 20, 30, 40 years, and we still, brother, dads, don't act like we know what to do when we get to church. You don't act like you know you're here to worship God. We're here to praise Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, you're going to come here and you're going to sit and you're going to wait for everybody to tell you what to do, when to do it, whatever. Don't you have the Holy Ghost in you? Just not the Bible said the Holy Ghost leads you and guides you? Huh? Glory to God. You see, that's an ordinary Christian who's always sitting and waiting. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people will do anything that you will ask. But I hear God in my spirit saying, I'm getting tired of begging people. I hear God saying, that boy's raised up over there in that church on the night in one man. I'm getting tired of having to tell him to do everything. And he'd been in here long enough, he knows to do a little bit of something on himself. Thought he'd know to make a little move on the case. My Lord, God says, I gave these people my Holy Ghost. And I told them you got power like dynamite. And we still sitting around like little children. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you what, this is preaching today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm trying to push you from ordinary to extraordinary. Because what God's got for us to do and what He wants us to accomplish in this little time we got left, it's not going to take ordinary Christians to do it. It's going to take extraordinary Christians to do it. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, I'm going to tell you right now, God's holding back His power. Hallelujah. There's people right now in the, sitting in this church, that God could give you one of those nine gifts. He could give you the gift of miracles, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the uh, word of faith, the gift of healing. And we sit and like, oh, I said, well, God will give me something. I wish God would do something for me. Why don't God pull something out on me? Hallelujah. God says, turn over and I'll pour some out on you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God says, my, hey, my power is too great to be messed around with ordinary people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to pour nothing out on a bunch of ordinary people. I'm going to wait till you get transitioned. Abraham, you've been following me a long time. But you ain't seen the full potential yet, man. But I, I got to test you. You got one more thing you got to go through in your life. You got one. You got one more situation. We're going to see if you're going to come to the place of complete surrender. We're going to see. God tells Abraham if you're going to be willing to transition yourself from being just an ordinary follower of me to an extraordinary worker in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's talk just a little bit about Abraham. 
What, what are some of the things that, that moved in Abraham's life during this time that we're talking about that helped transition him from the ordinary to the extraordinary? Number one, Abraham offered what he loved the most to God. Hallelujah. The first and the foremost thing that transitioned Abraham from being just an ordinary person in the Bible to an extraordinary man that we still talk about today is that he was willing to offer what he loved the most on this earth to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is it you love the most in this life? What, what's, what's, what, what is the most prized possession? What is it for your heart, really? Abraham, for him to be able to transition from going and going from ordinary to extraordinary, he was willing to offer what, I mean, something that he, he had to wait a long time to get. I mean, it was past impossible for him to receive what he had. And now, and now God is asking him to give it up. Something that he had labored for almost a hundred years for? You, 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 think you, work, you think you worked hard and long for what you got? You ain't worked a hundred years for it yet. Abraham spent a, almost a hundred years. And it was the most cherished thing that he had. He was his only son. The son that God promised him. God says, Abraham... One of the greatest hindrances of many people from transitioning from the ordinary to the extraordinary is the unwillingness to offer God our most cherished things. Hallelujah. Let's face it, folks. Everybody in here, bar none, every one of us have holdbacks that even after years of walking with God, we are still not willing to release. Bless the quietness. Every one of us, I've got things we're holding back. We hadn't come to the place of complete surrender yet. And because we haven't completely surrendered at all, we haven't transitioned. We're still ordinary churchgoers. We're ordinary Pentecostal people. Hallelujah. You want to know why they call us Pentecostal? Why are we called Pentecostals? Because what we got invested is about a penny. It's about all we're willing to invest. Hallelujah. Abraham transitioned from being ordinary. All right. God says, I called y'all Sunday school teachers. I placed and given you a privilege. You're going to be teaching young minds. That's the most important 
job that there is. The most important job a mother can have is working at home, bringing up her children. There ain't nothing no more important than that. Hallelujah. You tell me, are you willing to hand off your most cherished possession to a stranger you don't know? You're the one that needs to be teaching them children, mother. Come on, somebody. Nobody else is going to teach them quite like mama's going to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, what about us? God has called us, some of us as Sunday school teachers. Hallelujah. You've been teaching Sunday school for a long time, and you're still over here in the category of an ordinary Sunday school teacher. Hallelujah. Why? How do you know that, Brother Sammy? You're still in the area of an ordinary Sunday school teacher because you're still having to break your neck to get here on time on Sunday morning, not getting in here 10 or 15 minutes early to go somewhere and pray and seek God and settle down, amen, and get in your mind and your spirit what, just like what I preach. Hey, you should be teach Sunday school teaching. You should be doing the same thing as a pastor does for Sunday morning preaching. There's at least Sunday school teachers... If you ain't prepared, have the integrity to go to the Sunday school director and say, get somebody else to teach my class this morning because I ain't put an apple enough prayer into this lesson. Oh, my. Hallelujah. So we're still ordinary teachers. We're still ordinary worship leaders because we don't put the apple time to pray and to see God. God, what? What worship songs do you want to sing today? Everything should flow together. If everybody's doing what they should be, what the teachers are doing in Sunday school should blend in with what, amen, the song leader's going to be singing. What the song leaders, the songs they should be singing is not one that we do all the time, but one that's going to blend in with the message that God's going to be giving the preacher. Hello, somebody. We're ordinary people. We have a transition to the extraordinary. That's why we're still stuck right here in the same old walls we've been since 1968. Oh, God bless me. Hallelujah. God is stirring my soul to tell you folks, not out of of anger. I don't feel no anger right here. I don't feel no... I, what I'm doing, God is pressing to me to press you. He, I mean, and listen, He is talking to me as much as you that I cannot get up here and be just an ordinary preacher on Sunday morning. I can't be an ordinary pastor. I've got to be a pastor that transitions from the ordinary to the extraordinary that, that you can know when you leave here that I got. Pastor gave me something this morning he got from God. He didn't get it out of a textbook. He didn't go down to this bad Sunday school board and buy it out of a book. He didn't read it for hallelujah to glory to God. Hallelujah. But he has been seeking the face of God. You deserve that. You deserve that. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is, folks, that we're too worried about hurting people's feelings. And we, hey, what we're doing with, we're we're dealing with eternal things. We're dealing with people's souls. People lose their job. They're going to get another job somewhere else eventually. 
you lose your soul, you ain't got another soul. Hallelujah. You, get, you, you lose your house, you'll find somewhere else to live. You lose your car, you'll find some other transportation. But you lose your soul, you ain't going to get another soul. So you shouldn't worry about hurting somebody's feelings by expecting the pastor to say, we don't want no ordinary pastor. Hallelujah. Glory to God, either put up or shut up. We shouldn't be worried about hurting people's feelings when we talk to our, our Sunday school teachers, our Sunday school director, our ushers, our sound people. Anybody who does anything in the kingdom of God said, listen, we are not... We are not going to, people ain't going to look at us over here on 1901. Hey, we might be in this building for another 20 years, but that don't really matter as much as what, as people see us coming, that they look and say, that's not ordinary people going in that door. Hallelujah. That's some extraordinary people going in there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't want us to be judged by the building that we're in. I want us to be judged by people. But what kind of people of God we are? The next thing, there are some extraordinary people at 1901 Marillion Street. That's an extraordinary pastor. He's got some extraordinary people on his staff. They're not ordinary people. They've come to the place of complete surrender and they're doing something for God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Abraham offered what he loved the most to God. That's what transitioned him from being ordinary to extraordinary. Don't you think it's long enough that Christian people quit holding stuff back on God? The sad, let me tell you the sad thing. The sad thing is, just like in Abraham's situation, we keep holding on to stuff. We don't want to release it all. And I'm not going to start naming stuff off here. My Lord, you know what I'm talking about. If there's something in your life you're not willing, the sad thing about it is, Travis, is in the same situation with Abraham. God says, you offered me your only son Isaac. But you know what? The sad thing it is, he didn't really want Abraham to give him Isaac. He never did intend for him to give him Isaac. He never intended for him to offer up his only son and kill him like he would another animal and put it on a farm. He did not want, Brother Kenneth, he didn't want Abraham to offer him. He just wanted him to be willing. Huh? That's it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God does not want people necessarily to just hand over everything they got from the pulpers, their home, their car, their life. Their, their pursuits, their, we all got different pursuits. We all got different things that we enjoy in life. He, he's, not, he's not asking you to, to give up all that stuff, he, but he wants you to be willing to. That's all he's asking. When he looked down and he seen, he seen Abraham with the, with the wood and the fire, 
set his son bound laying on the altar. And Abraham, with the knife stretched out, he had, I mean, God moved quicker than he moved when he said, let there be light. God, God, God dispatched an angel. He did, I don't believe, I don't believe he just hollered it out, but I believe that there was a mighty angel that had to literally pop the hand of Abraham. Hallelujah. Because Abraham didn't want him to offer his only son. He just wanted him to be willing. And that's what God's just asking for you and me today, folks, to be able to transition from being ordinary churchgoers to extraordinary people of God. Hallelujah. It's to be willing to offer our most cherished Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got all these TV preachers today wanting, wanting the people to, wanting the people to, uh, to offer up their, uh, their pocketbooks, you know. You know, I mean, that's, that's, all, that's all you ever hear when you turn on. You can't hear the gospel for preaching about, give me this and give me that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, the truth of the matter is, if God has got me, He's got my wallet because it's with me. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. If God's got you, He's got all in your possession. Hallelujah. Praise God. So some of you have been holding back on God, afraid to let go of that most cherished thing because you just can't let it go. When the sad fact is, you're in the same situation as Abraham was. God's really not telling you to give at all and just do away with it. He just wants you to be willing to do it. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish this up. I'm on one other thing I don't want to talk about. One other thing that helped Abraham to transition from ordinary to extraordinary. Abraham demonstrated extraordinary faith. Hallelujah. All the people you know about in the Bible and in, 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 in our times today, let, let, let's, let's mention Smith, Smith Wigglesworth. Oh, man. I can't believe that this guy went to a funeral home, yanked somebody up out of the coffin, put him up against the wall, and says, I command you to breathe. Do you think ordinary faith did that? No. That's extraordinary faith. Hallelujah. Ordinary faith is not going to walk up to somebody in a wheelchair and grab them by the arm and just yank them out. For you to be able to do that, you've got to have some extraordinary faith. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Abraham demonstrated extraordinary faith. I want you to put up uh, 22 and 5. Uh, catch it uh, on the screen. Verse 5. I love this verse. Abraham and those two men, 
and his son had been traveling, going to the place that God told him to. And then he looked afar off and he saw the place. So he stopped. He made camp. Now God had told him to go and, and, and offer his son up as a burnt sacrifice. That pretty much means that, he, uh, that, that if he was a burnt sacrifice, that, you know, he's going to be well done. Like when Darlene goes, goes to a restaurant and orders, orders steak, she tells the waiter, she says, I want it dead done. She looked at me, she says, I don't want that stuff the way Brother Bobby does. <laughs> she said, she, she tell the waiter, she says, I want it dead done. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, you know, sometimes you go, you go and they'll, they'll bring you steak and they got these little things stuck in them that says either, uh, you know, medium rare or rare or, or well or whatever. Darlene's the type that when she gets there, she wants that thing stuck on and she wants it to read R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> if it didn't get R.I.P. on there, she's going to send it back. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Abraham demonstrated extraordinary faith, not ordinary faith, because he told the man was with him. And Abraham said to his young man, You stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and what? Hallelujah. we going over yonder. Hallelujah. We're going to come back. Hallelujah. 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 That's extraordinary faith. That's not ordinary faith. That's extraordinary faith. Hallelujah. That's extraordinary faith. Abraham believed God. Look at your neighbor and say, he believed God. The, listen, folks. The Bible is filled with men who had a level of faith with God. You can open up this Bible, you can find all kind of men and women who had all kind of faith with God. But only Abraham was called the father of faith. Hallelujah. The Bible is filled with people who said had faith in God, but none of them but Abraham was called the father of faith. Why was that? Because he demonstrated extraordinary faith throughout his life. Notice what the writer of Hebrews said. We're going to go to Hebrews to be the last scripture. I'm going to read Hebrews 11, 17, and 19. I'm going to call Brother Darrell up and we're going to sing. Hebrews 11, 17, and 19. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, and that Isaac shall your descendants be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead. I challenge anybody to take any of your Bibles 
And you look in the Bible before Abraham and find anybody ever preached, a, preached any kind of message on resurrection. Hallelujah. It, it, it wasn't a normal thing at that time yet. Everything hadn't been revealed yet. There were things that we got today that weren't revealed back then. Hallelujah. But even though Abraham had never said under one preacher who preached about a resurrection, he never heard Jesus tell the word, speak the words he told Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. But yet, Abraham accounted that God was able to raise him up from the... Abraham, what made Abraham do what he said? Because he believed in God enough. He had extraordinary faith. He knew that if he did take his son's life, that him and his son was still going to walk back down the hill. God was going to resurrect him if he had to be because he knew God was going to take away what he'd given. Hallelujah. Folks, if you ever lose anything that God gives you, it's not because God took it back. God's not a, he's not an Indian giver. Hallelujah. He, he don't take nothing back. Hallelujah. If you lost something that, that God has given you, you better be, you better be going down looking at the devil's house because it's down, it's down in his property. God ever give you a healing, you ain't going to find your healing locked up in heaven's gate. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. You lose something that God gives you, you start looking at the enemy's camp. You be like David. You get on down there, hallelujah, and you start taking back what he stole from you, but God ain't going to take it from you. Abraham knew that. Hallelujah. He knew God was going to let him have it. He's going to raise him up as possible. Brother Darrell, come on up. Would you sing a, a chorus? Church. The possibilities are before us. I said the possibilities are before us. If we are going to do extraordinary works for God, it will have to come through extraordinary faith in God. Amen. He's not going to just... Let me share something with you that God put in my spirit. Listen to me close. Let's, everybody right now get your mind on God. I, let's try not to have no moving around or nothing right now. Let's just create a, an atmosphere for God to move right now. If you're going to do extraordinary things for God... It's going to have to be, be like Abraham. Because of Abraham, you're going to have to demonstrate extraordinary faith. Hallelujah. If the vision that God gave me a long time ago for this assembly is ever comes to fruition, it's going to be because of myself and everybody else here demonstrate some extraordinary Because ordinary things... You know what ordinary things is going to carry us? It's going to keep us where we've always been. 
If we're, if we're tired of being what we've always been, we've got to transition from ordinary to extraordinary. We've got we to gotta dare to trust God. All right. We've got to dare to trust God. Let, let me share this that God put in my spirit. As I was praying... Oh, God, you know the need. And I heard somebody not long ago, maybe about a week or so ago, I heard somebody say a while ago, uh, a week or two ago, about a need. We have have a need. But when I was praying and seeking God, God put this in my spirit. God says, I'm not moved by people's needs. And he, he, and the Lord just said, think. This whole world is filled with people in need. Look at the millions of people are going hungry. You think that's, that would qualify as being a need? God says, I'm not moved by people's needs. I never have been moved by people's needs. He said, I'm moved by people's faith. You're, God told me in my spirit, not an audible voice, but in my spirit... God says, I'm not moved by what by your need. I'm moved by your faith. He said, your need don't move me. It's your faith that moves me. Man, that's powerful. I said, that's powerful. So we sat over here in a corner, crawled up in a fetal position, Rocking back and forth, all oh, the needs I got, the needs I got, the needs I got. You'll die with them, people. You'll take them with you to the grave. Not because He don't love you, but He is not moved by your need. He is moved by your faith. Your faith will reorchestrate your need. I can't go on, brother. Start singing something. Everybody stand together. Somebody here today, are you tired of being an ordinary Christian? You want to transition to go from ordinary to extraordinary? I invite you to come to kneel down just for a few minutes and talk to the Lord right now. We got to come to the place. If you want to go from ordinary to extraordinary, you got to come to the place of complete surrender. I'm not telling you that God expects you to give up your house, your car, your money, your job, your fishing pole, your bowling ball. All I am telling you, He expects you to be willing to. All right. He expects you to be willing to. Hey, and you might fool pastor. You might fool everybody else, but you ain't going to fool God. God knows your heart, and He knows what's in your heart. Hallelujah. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him.